I'm Milton Jones. So, if you're addicted to meths, you're either an alcoholic or a South African with a real love of numbers. I don't think grey squirrels are taking over from red squirrels. I think they're the same squirrels, just a bit older. So here I am, Milton Jones, brilliant mathematician. And I'm about to prove to you now the amazing formula that is another case of Milton Jones. I'm about to receive another prize for being an amazing mathematician. I've already won seven, so one more. That's going to be, uh... Eight, Milton, and the ceremony's about to begin. That's Anton, my mentor, by the way. Typical boffin, brilliant mind, just a bit lacking in self-awareness. You know I can hear you, don't you, Milton? Really? (laughs) Anyway, uh, today I'm receiving a professorship from some college near Peterborough. Cambridge. (laughs) One of the world's earliest centres of learning. Early learning centre, eh? (laughs) Fantastic. So where's all the Lego, then? Uh, May I present you to the master of the college, Professor Sir John Venn. Pleased to meet you, Milton. He's an old friend and the inventor of the Venn diagram. We, uh, we overlapped at college. So, Milton, are you excited? I will be when the Lego gets here. No, about the appointment. You're being made Lucasian Professor of Mathematics, a role that was established in 1664. Wow, 30 years ago. <laughs> Milton is, of course, using modular mathematics in base 17. Of course. How brilliant. Worthy of your predecessor, Stephen Hawking. Of course, you've read his brief history of time. Ah, yes, incredible book. Gave me a new insight into time travel. Oh, yes? Well, I'd started reading it and then suddenly realised about six hours had passed and I hadn't turned any pages. (laughs) And here's the spooky bit. I was considerably less tired than I was before. Fascinating. (laughs) Wow. To think that I'm about to be made a professor of mathematics... My grandfather would be proud. He worked at Bletchley Park as a codebreaker during the war. Now, Jones, you're sitting in the most secret place in Britain. Tell me, does the word enigma mean anything to you? Uh, Maybe it does, or maybe it doesn't. (laughs) What? Oh, I see you're being an enigma. Very good. Sorry, what? Now, this is an enigma machine that was captured from a U-boat. It's a fiendishly complex machine. I've cracked it. Already? I say, you're a marvel. No, I was playing with it earlier and it fell off the desk. (laughs) Ah, well, as long as it still works. Now, here's an encoded German message that we need you to have a look at. I think you'll find I've broken it already. Oh, well done, Jones. No, the enigma machine. When it fell off the desk, I was so angry, I kicked it down the stairs. (laughs) Oh, dearie me. Milton, 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 Milton Jones. And so we moved to High Table for a sumptuous dinner with all the mathematical elite. Remind me, Anton, who's that over there? Ah, now, that's Professor David Decimal Point. (laughs) Of course, I always have trouble placing him. (laughs) And there's Sir John's simultaneous equation. Oh, yes. Inventor of the pie chart. (laughs) Of course, and who's that little chap? Congratulations on your appointment, Professor Jones. Hello, young man. Do you like Lego? Milton, that little boy is the college's most revered don. Ah, pleased to meet you, Mr Corleone. 
No, Milton, this is Anwar Chandrasekhar. He's the child prodigy who was your nearest rival for the professorship. He took all his GCSEs when he was three years old. So did I. Yes, but he passed his. <laughs> ah. So, Mr Professor Jones, are any of your family mathematicians? Oh, believe me, I couldn't begin to count them. <laughs> I see. I had a distant ancestor at the Battle of Trafalgar. He calculated the relative number of English to Spanish ships. He was the Admiral's lesser-known cousin, Ratio Nelson. Very impressive. Ah, the food has arrived, and it's all on a mathematical theme. Yes, the main course is a Merbius-style mathematical paradox. A quail inside a pheasant, inside a goose, inside an ostrich, inside a quail. And they say places like Cambridge have lost touch with ordinary people. <laughs> My mum and dad would be proud. They were always determined that I should get the education they never had. The trouble was, they had a really good education. <laughs> so I ended up getting a really bad one. I did enjoy maths, though. But even then, apparently my methods were unconventional. Right, let's go through last night's homework. Question seven, the one where Billy has four apples and Sarah has six oranges. Milton, what did you get for this? Uh, well, I bought some apples and oranges and acted it out. Oh! Good idea. And the answer is, Sarah will have three oranges. Excellent. What about question eight? The one about a man filling a bath with hot and cold taps. How long does it take? Oh, miss, miss, I acted this one out as well. And if you just remove this screen... Hello, Milton. Hello, Grandpa. <laughs> Milton, this is outrageous. Leave him alone. That's right, Grandpa. Stand up for me. Righto. Oh! Actually, best not... <laughs> But look, I've answered the next question as well. Have you? Number nine. A train leaves Portsmouth travelling at 80 miles an hour. What's that noise? Run, everybody! <laughs> after that, I couldn't help feeling excluded at school, especially after I was excluded. <laughs> but I still had a passion for numbers. I would dream of the ancient Greeks, Pythagoras, Euclid and Argos, the Greek god of small pens. In fact, I got a job in his holiest of temples, the Argos on Wandsworth High Street. But one day, my life changed forever when a mysterious professor arrived just as the shop was closing. Hello? Who are you? Anton Peterson. I'm with the local university. Uh, look, I, I just need a scientific calculator. 3416914, Black Cassio. Well, well. Polly Pocket Wishing Well, 4531922. Have you really learnt the whole Argos catalogue, lock, stock and barrel? Biscuit barrel, out of stock, please try Hounslow. <laughs> it's like Darren Brown. I don't care what colour you want, it's still out of stock. I mean, you do have a remarkable memory for figures. I'm a maths professor. Interesting. I wonder if you'd take a look at something I've been working on. In a picture of a cat. Sorry, other side. <laughs> I like to think I've added something to Einstein's work. E equals MC squared plus one. Well, in a sense, I, I, I suppose... Uh, hang, actually, hang on a minute. If you transform the Hamiltonian matrix in a relativistic way via an abelian supersymmetry group... Yes, yes, Milton, this is extraordinary. I know, and just wait till I colour in the cat. <laughs> you may just have stumbled across an explanation for the invisibility of dark matter. And why the Hadron Collider stopped working, and maybe many other unexplained phenomena of our time. Like, why do giants speak really slowly? <laughs> maybe, but much more than that. I believe you might be on the edge of turning upside down what much of what the scientific community take for granted. Wow. 
Next, you'll be telling me that Funky Town isn't a real place. <laughs> and so my life went off at a tangent of 380 degrees. <laughs> Arrangements were made for a lecture tour so I could explain my new theory. We met at the airport. Flight BA-619 is about to depart. Next stop, JFK Airport. Wow, I didn't realise that was his surname. <laughs> that makes him related to Charles de Gaulle. <laughs> John Lennon. And their brother Stansted. <laughs> we began the tour at Princeton, where I was hoping to get directions to Funky Town. Perhaps even from Prince himself. But we drove straight to the lecture hall where 300 of the finest mathematical minds in the world were waiting to hear me. Ladies and gentlemen, E equals MC squared plus one. I do not get this at all. Me neither. <laughs> of course. A great mathematician like Milton doesn't need to show his working, but if I may just clarify a few points of note on the blackboard. If we take M to be the non-relativistic rest mass and use a hypergeometric conformal parametric version of the equation which is now, of course, expressible as E equals MC squared plus unity or one. Yes, it's very simple, really. And if I remove the brackets from both sides... <laughs> the blackboard falls down. <laughs> Any questions? Mr Jones... You may have an interesting theory, but only one paper in 2000 is accepted by peers, so the chances of that happening here are... Well, you do the math. Do I have to? <laughs> Hang on, did you say math? Don't you mean maths? There are five letters in that word, not four. What's the difference? One. <laughs> you do the math. <laughs> Milton... Milton, that's Professor Lieberman. She's head of the faculty. You got it, buddy. I'm the chair. Leather effect, obviously. Excuse me? <laughs> uh, any other questions? Well, I, I think that concludes today's lecture. Wait, I have question. I am Paula from University of Budapest. Ah, Budapest. I visited a travel lodge there once. Oh, no, sorry. That was Bucharest. <laughs> Excuse me, are you not worried that some of the world's leading mathematicians have disappeared recently? Have they? Well, it is true there are a few empty chairs here today. Maybe they had trouble finding the area. Come on, it's length times breadth. Everyone knows that. Yes. <laughs> this here is the empty seat of Professor Schwarzkopf, world leader in algebraic analysis, mysteriously vanished. Over there, the seat of another towering intellect. Not Professor Jenga. Yes. <laughs> Disappeared after the block of flats he was living in collapsed. <laughs> Oh, and look, in this row, the seat of Professor Arnold Maples. Of course, the inventor of the invisibility cloak. No, I'm here, actually. <laughs> Either way, you're in great danger. Well, perhaps this conversation should happen elsewhere. You're right. We'll meet later on. My number, 5516194. That's my cell phone. No, that's a number for a suede effect jewellery box. <laughs> well, we'll see you later anyway. I'm sorry about the secrecy, but this is the safest place to meet. Are you sure? I don't like the look of that guy carrying the baseball bat. That's the batter, Milton. It's a baseball game. Oh, I see. Actually, Anton, I've got a question for you. If a ball with a radius of five centimetres travels at 200 miles an hour, how long before it... Ow! 
too late. <laughs> now, we must be being careful. There are spies everywhere. So, Professor Jenga's gone missing. Who else? Every mathematician who invented games and puzzles. Dr. Gunto von Ludo, Professor Alistair Hopscotch. <laughs> Sir Jack Cludo has gone missing too. Also in a manner in keeping with the game he invented. You mean something like he was hit over the head with a candlestick in the conservatory? It was more complicated than that. You mean he was hit over the head with a conservatory? <laughs> Don't be ridiculous, Milton. He's right, isn't he? Yes, he is. <laughs> His conservatory came crashing down on top of him. Of course. But there is a fourth person who connects them all together. You mean Lady Margaret Connect Four? <laughs> no. His name is Rubik. And I think we all know what he invented. Of course. Monopoly. <laughs> no, the Rubik's Cube. But how do you know all this? Because... My name is Paula Rubik. Could be worse. Could be Raula Pubic. Hot dog. <laughs> yes, Rubik is my father. And ever since he invented the cube, he's been involved with more and more obscure mathematical research. And now he says he's on the brink of an amazing discovery. He's found the location of Funky Town, hasn't he? <laughs> Milton, you must go and see him. He'll trust you. Your reputation as a mathematician is second to none. So I'm fifth, then. <laughs> We flew to Hungary, and I went to Professor Rubik's house alone. He lived in an apartment block he designed himself. All of the rooms were interchangeable and could move at any minute. <laughs> Hello, it's Milton Jones. Ah, the entry code is quite simple. It is 4331. Got it. Oh, sorry, you've lost me. <laughs> what was the code? No, I have opened the door right now. Oh, great. Now you can put in the code. No, it is not necessary. I am holding the door open for you. Come in. Of course. Who is it? It is Rubik. You have locked me out. Sorry, I can't remember the code. Oh. Eventually, he got in through an open window. And we sat down together in his front room. So you are Milton Jones. Would you like a cup of tea? Ah, I can see you're hard at work creating your latest fiendish mathematical puzzle. A series of tiny white cubes. Hmm. So you found the sugar. <laughs> well done. Now, these look very mysterious. Little red, yellow and green boxes, each containing little silver cubes. And on each one you've inscribed zero times zero. No. They are OXO cubes. <laughs> And could you please stop rummaging through my cupboards, please? Sorry. I like you, Jones. You're not like the others, especially those numbskulls in the International Toy Society. Yes, I heard you were kicked out by Professor Buckaroo. <laughs> I don't care. I'm concentrating on mathematics again. Listen, I have managed to combine a set of n-dimensional functions with an elliptical manifold to generate a unique non-degenerate prime integer. You mustn't repeat that to anybody. Thank goodness for that. <laughs> Let me rephrase it. If a bullet leaves the muzzle of this gun at a hundred miles an hour, how long before you agree to help me? Uh, oh, hang on, hang on. Uh, I need to write this down. Where's your hand in the air? Uh, can I have some more paper, please? Okay. And some more. Right. And some more. What are you doing? I've made the paper into a plane, and now I'm getting onto it and leaping out of your top story window which is now on the ground floor. <laughs>
I made my escape just in time to meet Paula at the famous fairground in old Budapest. It was so romantic. Besides, I love fairground food. Candy floss, toffee apples, and all those boil-in-a-bag goldfish. (laughs) But it just made me nostalgic for Britain. Even the Dodgems were bumper-to-bumper cars. We sat in one for three hours and didn't move an inch. Then we had to go on the Ferris wheel. But at the top, it stopped moving. Milton, what is happening? I think this may have something to do with my father. Don't worry, Paula. I'll shout some instructions down to the operator. Oh, Milton, you are so clever. You have, of course, worked out the exact 3D orientation of the carriages and the energy needed to overcome the friction between the... Oi! You! Try turning it off and turning it on again. (laughs) No, look! He's been beaten up and left for dead. This is so like Britain. (laughs) Specifically, Nottingham, I would say. (laughs) The carriage! It's falling! It's okay. We're going to land on the fortune teller's tent. Oh, no! She should be expecting us. Ooh, I can see a tall, dark stranger on the head. Sorry. I see another tall, dark stranger. Again? Yeah, he's over there with a gun. Ah, what should we do now? Uh, Let me see what the cards say. Happy Christmas. Wrong cards! Quick, this way. This is a hall of mirrors. How do we find our way out? It's okay. I've calculated the way the light is refracting and reflecting and can categorically prove that there is no mirror here. Ow! Oh, Milton, my poor, poor little... I'm okay. But we must never leave this place. Why? This mirror makes me look fabulous. (laughs) They're still after us. Watch out for that fat man with a bazooka. No, he's a thin man with a crowbar. No, he's a fat man with a bazooka again. (laughs) When we got back to England, I wanted to go back and work in Argos. But it turns out I'd been away for more than 28 days. (laughs) So they wouldn't take me back. (laughs) Then I got a temporary job at the Royal Bank of Scotland. But sadly, I didn't have a chance to stay and see the full fruit of my labour. Then one day, there was a knock at the door. Hello, Milton. Good news. Cambridge University was so impressed by your E equals MC squared plus one, they'd like to make you Lucasian Professor of Mathematics. Have you been to Cambridge before? Just once. I was given a camcorder for my birthday, so I felt obliged to go and film the main river there. And there is talk of a knighthood for your services to mathematics. What do you mean? The Queen will personally make you into a sir with a sword. Hmm, wouldn't it be easier for her to make me into a lady with a sword? (laughs) Indeed. And so here I am, in the Great Hall in Cambridge, about to be made Lucasian Professor. We're coming to the end of the sumptuous feast... I've just moved on to the cheese. Milton, would you mind getting off the cheese? (laughs) Sorry. Paula! Forgive the interruption. I have a message for Milton. This intrusion is a disaster. I do apologise, Professor Venn. Would I interrupt special ceremony? No, no, it's just that if you stay, then we'll have to split the bill 11 ways, and that's really difficult. (laughs) Quite right. For example, I'm in the subset of people who didn't have the starter. And I'm vegetarian. Shall we retire to the common room? And so we went to the senior common room, which was much quieter. Except for the sound of two professors playing table tennis very slowly. (laughs) I say, 
I say, chaps, would you mind playing another time? Righto. Sorry. Milton, it's my father. I've had this letter from him. Here. And it's covered in strange symbols. They're numbers, Milton. That's the postcode. Mm, that is interesting, though. It, it hasn't come from Budapest. No, you see, my father has gone to see his family in Persia. I thought you were from Hungary. I was adopted. So are you Persian biologically or non-biologically? <laughs> I am Persian automatically. I see. And I have just come from the Middle East today. Iran. Were there no flights? <laughs> no, in Iran is home to the ancient capital of Persia. Babylon. Yes, how did you know? I didn't. I was just telling you to keep talking. <laughs> Look, I found this letter in my father's apartment and I found out what he's been researching. It contains a scroll. It looks like the plans of an ancient Babylonian temple. It's more of a tomb. In fact, it's one up from a tomb. A thream. <laughs> Milton, don't be said He's right, isn't he? Yes. A thream is a kind of tomb, but in the shape of a perfect triangle. And my father has found a secret number trapped inside that could cause total disaster. Of course. I'd often suspected this. The Pythagoras coefficient. It's a rational, transfinite, and the only number that's larger than itself. Milton, are you thinking what I'm thinking? Is it about cheese triangles? <laughs> No, I was thinking this could mean the end of civilization. Quick, everyone, to Funky Town. No, Milton, not to Funky Town. If this number escapes, our whole numerical system will become indeterminate. Tennis will become elevenis. Elevenses will become tennises. Buses will arrive in ones, and when Prince Charles come to the throne, he'll be Charles the Fourth, Elizabeth the Fifth. There's no time to lose. <laughs> We flew out as soon as we could and hired a 4 by 4 or a 17, as I call it. <laughs> In no time at all, we were crossing the desert. The thing we must remember is the Babylonians were a civilised society. They worshipped the ancient god of mathematics, which was a big plus. Why? No, they, they worshipped a big plus, which <laughs> towered over Babylon. It's not there anymore. It disappeared after a visit by King Minos. I think we're nearly there. Can you hear that? If I'm not mistaken, this is the exact spot where many teachers were buried in ancient times. Ah, yes. If you look to the left, you can see the V-shaped valley of the geography teachers. And there are the tombs of ancient game inventors, Professor Mayong, Dr. Backgammon. And look, there's the tomb of the person who invented Top Gear, the board game. Yes, it seems freshly dug. Understandably. Anton, tell me, why didn't you pursue a career in this field? I became disillusioned. I studied under the tutelage of Dr. Franz Heidenseek. I studied his every move. Then one day I turned my back, counted to a hundred, and went looking for him. Eventually I found him years later in South America playing dice games. It turned out all along he was a, a Yahtzee sympathizer. <laughs> Look over there. That strange stone structure. Wow, it must be 90 degrees. At least I'm going to take off one of my jumpers. No, the building, a perfect right-angled triangle. I say we'd found the Threme of Pythagoras. Is that the entrance? It's an ancient stone keypad. Well, it must have some secret pin number that's been lost in the mists of time. We're stuck. Let me try swiping it with my card. No, Milton! Milton? Which card was that? My old RBS one. Ah, yes, well, that explains it. Must have completely fused all the numbers. Did the same thing in Debenhams. <gasps> it's opening! This way. Hopefully we can slip in unnoticed.
Or perhaps not. <laughs> we had walked into a giant chamber carved in the rock, and in the middle was Rubik lying in a golden sunken bath. Ah, Mr. Jones, I wasn't expecting you. <laughs> not for another few hours, anyway. Don't get up, please. Now, Milton, I have a bit of a problem. How do you mean? If a man runs a bath for three hours, how long will it take? No. But thinking about it, why don't you work it out for yourself? In your own giant bath. <laughs> Look out! We fell through a hole in the floor into a sealed stone room without any exits. The room's filling up with water. We're all going to drown. The water's already up to my neck. Perhaps, perhaps you should stand up, Milton. <laughs> Good idea. I'm sure there's a way out of this. What do you mean? I'm going to try and act the problem out. If I can just undo the latch to my briefcase... What have you got there? My emergency problem-solving equipment. Calculator, set square, apples, oranges, a bath, and Grandpa. Hello there. <laughs> and what are those things? I call them nothing squares. I stole them from Rubik's apartment. Milton, they're oxo cubes. Quick. Milton, I have an idea. Throw them into the water. There, you see, the water's congealing. But we're still going to die here, just more slowly. No, if we can just waft the smell of the oxo up through the vents into the desert above, it's just a matter of time before... Just as I thought. Gravy robbers. <laughs> we climbed through the trapdoor and made our way back to the main chamber. You're too late. I have the casket containing the Pythagoras coefficient. Do something. I just can't get it open. Here, why don't you prize it open with this credit card? Milton, no! He's sliding it in. It's, it's opening. Look! All the numbers are escaping. Hands on my watcher, going round the wrong way. Time is going backwards. <laughs> so many numbers. Five, six, eight, nine, look, zero, seven. You realize what this means? Yes, a matching set of pink luggage. What happened? The Pythagoras coefficient has been swallowed up by something even more dreadful and bewildering. Not... Yes, the black hole that is the Royal Bank of Scotland. <laughs> but look, piles of money around the edge of the hole. Oh, that's a bit of a bonus. <gasps> look! Look, all the missing mathematicians. Dr. Jenga, Lady Margaret Connect Four, they're all here. There's even Sir Peter Scrabble BQ. BQ? Those were the letters that were left after he made his name. I see. <laughs> the only question is what we do with Rubik. He's completely unemployable. Mm, I'm pretty sure I could get him a job in Argos. Very well. You may have taken my dignity, my hopes and my dreams, but at least give me back my oxo cubes. Sorry, out of stock. Please try Hounslow. <laughs> that was another case of Milton Jones, starring Milton Jones, Tom Goodman-Hill, Lucy Montgomery and Ben Wilbond. It was written by Milton Jones and James Carey, and the music was by Guy Jackson. The producer was David Tyler, and the programme was a positive production for BBC Radio 4. And listen again next time when you can catch another case of Milton Jones. Milton Jones.